All right. So welcome to the Sheepdogs podcast. Uh, today, we are joined, as always, by Father Jacob Willig, and we have a very special guest today, Father Chase um, uh, Hilgenbrink. Got it. Nailed yeah. it. Nailed the last Got name. It. I'm really bad with the last names. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it's great to have you here today. It's a, it's a great honor to be able to talk with you. We've heard we've heard a lot of stories, but we're looking forward to getting to, getting to know you a little bit better and uh, learning some some good advice um, coming from you know University of Illinois. And uh, yeah, but before we get started today, um, Father Jacob, do you mind uh, starting us in a quick prayer? Sure, let's do it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. Thank you for Father Chase being here with us today. Um, we commend everything we do, Lord, to you. We thank you for uh, yeah, just as witness uh, as an athlete and as a priest. And may we glorify you, Lord, uh, with our bodies today and all we're called to do. We commend everything to you, Lord Jesus, through Mother Mary, in your most holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. And the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, dude, nailed the last name, Hilgenbrink, just like it's spelled. Uh, everybody hesitates before they say it, but uh, it's not too scary once you do. Um, but great to be with you guys. So glad to be invited to your podcast and, and glad that you're just, yeah, getting out in the airways and, and, and helping people to uh, hear good stories and, and talk about uh, the excitement that we have to be Catholics. Right, right. Amen. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, your story, Father? So uh, you grew up in Illinois, right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I grew up right here in the state of Illinois, and um, yeah, it, you know, grew up as a Catholic. My my family was Catholic. Certainly, that wasn't something that um, that I was necessarily proud of per se. It wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, um, you know, super into my faith when I was a kid. But it, it was just like kind of my identity. It was just who I was. I, I didn't know what it was to be anything else, you know. And so my my parents had a, a great Catholic identity and and passed that on to to me. And I wouldn't realize how important that would be until. I finally lived on my own and, and that was in college. So yeah, I grew up, you know, uh, loving many things, uh, but, but mostly sports and, and, and the world of, of athletes and studying their lives. And, and, and certainly, you know, just like every other kid wanted, wanted to be liked by others and, and uh, had a great group of friends that I grew up with. And, and, um, and so those things were, were my life, I think, just like any other, any other youth. But um, I think what was unique about my family uh, amongst my friend group was was that my my family was was a group of faithful Catholics and and really teaching me you know what my identity was and what was really important in life. Sure, yeah. And so, what was it like then when you moved away? So you said you moved away. Was that when you went to Clemson? Or... I did. You know, I had a lot of opportunities in in high school. I, I played you know basketball and soccer. I would have loved to have have played in the NBA, but uh, as you can see, that did not happen. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't make it out of high school, like most people. And uh, no, I, I, I ended up, you know, having a lot, a lot of opportunity in soccer. I made the under 17 uh, US national team and, and, um, and became an All-American. And, and so that caught the attention of, of a lot of schools and had an opportunity to, um, to, to go a lot of places. I eventually 
chose Clemson University. It was always my dream to play in the ACC, which uh, I think um, most would agree that it's, it's probably the best conference in the country um, for, for college soccer. And so it was a dream to play there. And I uh, went to Clemson University, and, and that was a place where, yeah, my faith was first tried. Mm. That's so interesting. So um, at so at Clemson, you know, at, um, here at Miami University, you know, college students go through, you know, a lot, a lot of struggles adjusting to like first, like being away from home. And like, we always try to give, you know, some direction um, to, to students, especially like first adjusting to college and also like maybe some tips on how, how to live your faith at college or how to like find a Catholic community at college. So do you have any like, um, you know, stories from Clemson about how you were able to, you know, first try to find that? Or um, do you have any like just broad advice for, for students coming in, uh, coming into Miami or any college throughout, throughout the country? You know, I, the first thing that comes to mind, and this is a theme throughout my life, because I, you know, we, we say that the three transcendent, transcendentals are truth, beauty, and goodness. And, and somehow the human heart, the human mind uh, is, is drawn to those things. And we can't, we can't help but desire those things. Uh, but I would say in me, the, the number one thing that I've always been drawn to is, is truth. And uh, I find that as a theme throughout my life, if I retrace, you know, all the ways that I've, I've really been moved and, and changed and the things that I desire, it's by truth. And, and so my first advice to people uh, from what I experienced, this may not be everybody, but the first thing that I experienced was, um, you know, is, is to be honest with yourself. And I'll tell that to any student, you know, be honest with yourself. What is it that you're seeking? What is it that your heart desires? What is it that you're lacking? You know, be honest with yourself. You know, I, I see so many uh, young people come to college and they lie to themselves. <laughs> they lie to themselves about about what they desire and what they need and 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 what their faith means to them and and all those things. And they're they're so willingly throw things away because you know they're trying to perceive what what somebody else desires or somebody else wants or we're so wanting to to be accepted and and um, so so wanting to to be led by others that that we forget about what what is actually going on in our hearts and and, and what is it that that we all desire, but. I say that because I, I found that my first week of campus, I had to be really honest with myself. I wasn't a pious Catholic. Uh, I was well-formed. Um, and so I went to school thinking, gosh, I've been complaining about going to mass every weekend for as long as I remember, you know? Um, and I thought, do I go to mass, you know, my first week of campus when all I've been wanting, you know, at least I've been told that the things that I should desire the most is independence is, is to be my own man and to do whatever I want in life. And now I have the chance to do that. It's my first week on campus. So do I go to mass? Do I actually be a hypocrite and go to mass, right? Because my whole life I've been saying, I don't want to do this. And in a moment of grace, in, in a moment of grace, just as soon as I said that, um, you know, I, I believe that this was God speaking to me, but in a moment of grace, the question just arose in my mind. If I don't go to mass this weekend, am I still a Catholic? Am I still a Christian? Can I, when people, when I introduce myself to people and we're talking about where I'm from and what I do and what I'm about, and who I am I and all these things as I'm meeting people on campus, can I, can I look at them with a straight face and say, I'm a Christian? Well, if I throw away any practice of my faith and, and even prayer and, and whatever else that goes along with it, can I say that? And that's, that was the honesty really that, that struck me. I was like, no, I want to be honest. I, I want to be able to be truthful about who I am. And if I'm truthful, I'm not sure that I'll be a Catholic for the rest of my life but I sure as heck don't know who I am without that right now. And it, and it scared me. And I, I thought, no, I, I, I need, I need this. I, I don't know who I am. If I'm not a Christian, I don't know who I, I am. If I, if I don't go to mass this weekend and, and I started and, and 
I'll, I, as I tell most people, you know, the, you know, I made the most important decision of my entire life when I was a college freshman. And it's, it's, the mo it's more important than the decision to become a priest. And the decision I made as a college freshman, finally, when I was going to mass on my own, um, I just I felt like God was asking me to make a commitment. And I committed my freshman year to be a practicing Catholic for the rest of my life. And um, that, that was the most important decision that I've ever made in my life um, since. And um, it's the only thing that I know for sure for the rest of my life is that I, I will choose um, to live out the faith that Jesus Christ passed on to me. And that was the truth that I was seeking. And that's, that's, that's the truth that's, that, that's filled my heart. So you ask for advice, my gosh, uh, be honest with yourself. What's going on inside there? You know, what's real? What is it that you're seeking? And what is it that the Lord has, has offered? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that that idea of like truth really strikes, um, you know, me, especially as like a, uh, a guy at college, I think like, you know, I, I think I like came in um, to college, not, not that, you know, um, I wasn't, I was like struggling with my faith or anything, but I think that there was like, a, um, like a skeptic mind that I've always had. And I always like want to find like the answers to everything. And I think, um, you know, throughout college for me as well, um, being able to just like actually devote time and being able to engage with people that are willing to like, you know, give me the truth, give me the answers. And, and um, yeah, I think that's just something that is very available at college as well. Um, you know, you're, sur you're finally surrounded by peers wow. that they, they, they could also be like super devoted to the faith. And um, also you have access to great priests like Father Jacob and, and you follow J uh, Chase at U of I to be able to like guide you as well, especially when you're going through that first stage of like independence. I, I remember that was a big thing for me freshman year too, was like, man, um, I, I really do have a choice here, especially, I don't know if you've heard, but Miami University is the best party school in the country. Number one, let's go. Um, but <laughs> there, there's definitely that big temptation where it's like, okay, you can go to Brick Street, which is a, a big bar right here in Oxford um, every night, or you know, you can go the other way, the good way. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, just that idea of like choices comes up. Um, and you've made some great choices um, in your life as well, especially being able to like, you know, travel like internationally. So after college, you, you, um, yeah, you decided to make like a interesting decision to, to go abroad. Can you tell us like how that happened and give us some context behind it? For sure. And maybe even just to, to comment on what you just said, because I think you, you said some good things there. I don't want it to be lost on, on, on people who are listening. And one of the things, one of the lies that sometimes we believe when we get to college, and, and one of the things that I think the lie that I believed for a long time is that I could do this alone, even when I want to do good things, you know? And you mentioned that there's resources like, yo, we have so few priests in our diocese, but the fact that the bishop has, has invested a priest in your college, like, dude, why are you walking alone? Like this guy is, is, is there for you. He's invested in you. He desires to lead and guide and walk with you, right? There's a great lie in Christianity that, that we can do this alone. When, when Jesus himself, like, you know, he taught us that, that we were meant to do this together. He created disciples. He told them to go out two by two. Uh, he told us as a church that we would never be alone, that he would send an advocate for us. You know, I think one of the things that kills the spirituality and, and the faith of college students is, is not having spiritual friendships. That is an art that we need to teach on college campuses. It's an art that we need to, to, uh, 
to really foster and 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 to master if we're gonna if we're gonna you know develop and save the faith of people is is not walking alone and recognizing the need for spiritual friendships those who have our best interests in mind those who are leading us to virtue to to our final destiny which is the heart of jesus christ and 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 being at home in that truth beauty and goodness that, that he holds in his supreme power like that that is so necessary you know you look at the friends that you surround yourself with obviously you know um that's that's who you become but if we surround ourselves you know with virtue with with people who know jesus and seek him you know all of a sudden you're going to find yourself doing what you previously thought impossible right so it's so important we can't we can't miss that fact especially in college especially in college that's what we're seeking um but i uh, i'll admit that that was something i tried to do alone for a long time and and you just mentioned you know that i made great decisions in my life well um thanks be to God that those are the ones that are public, you know, (laughs) Um, you know, but you're right. I I did have the opportunity after college, you know, what was on my mind really, you know, throughout my entire college career was uh, I just want to be a professional athlete. I thought that that was the, the extent of, of my happiness, that, that would be the thing that would bring me true fulfillment and, and, and happiness. It would be the fulfillment of my heart. And, uh, and, and certainly I, I had the opportunity to, to immediately uh, go overseas and, and play in South America. I moved to the country of Chile just uh, just after graduation. Um, there's a long story there, but I, I signed my first contract, moved in, and 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 recognized almost immediately that life wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And it was there that I turned back to the to the one thing that I knew. And this is where my parents come full circle. And that decision in my in 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 my freshman year of college comes full circle. That I was practicing a certain virtue, and that was faithfulness to God. And I didn't know, you know, when it would pay off or, or when it would, you know, finally come to fruition. And it did in a moment where, you know, I, I realized I didn't know what I was doing or who I was. And I was alone in another world, really. And, uh, and I find myself going to what I knew. And, and humanity, we have to recognize that's what we do. When we get ourselves into a place of trouble or doubt, we, we, we can only fall back on what we know or what we've trained for. You know what we prepared for. When the game hits, you can't do anything but but do what you've trained for. And um, I'd recognize that I knew the Catholic Church, I knew Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, I knew the Mass, even if I didn't know the language. I knew when to sit, stand, and kneel uh, because the the Catholic Church is the same no matter where you go, and uh, it is our it is our home in this world. And I found myself at home uh, in Catholic churches in another country, and and that's that's the place where my faith took another step. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's it's amazing how yeah we do fall to the level of uh, of our habits, you know, uh, at times in life, and it's so good too. I know one thing I'm encouraging the students all the time is yeah, just to have those those non negotiables, right? You know, like going to confession oh. once a month, going to mass every Sunday, uh, because like you're saying, like you said earlier, you know, it's so easy to um, kind of lose our identity. Like you had the great blessing in your life at the beginning of your college career. It sounded like where you know, you kind of felt that challenge from the Lord, or maybe for yourself, like, okay, I have to remain Catholic. I think so many people don't really feel that until they really realize later that, you know, when they're asking, who am I, because they've, you know, really got deep into the things which aren't uh, helping them to be their truest selves. And uh, so how good it is to stay stay tied to those things, uh, you know, just the sacraments of just those things that we know, those things that are life giving and community, uh, like you're saying, so we're all here, our, uh, our three main things we do is yeah, sacraments, uh, formation and community, right? Just having those things to just continually help us to build, continually help us to flourish. And uh, yeah, we can't do it on our own. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So maybe you could tell us, do you have any uh, stories about, yeah, that time of life down in Chile? Uh, were there exciting things or ways, other things that help you to grow in the faith or just 
um yeah any, any certainly that was that was the most important time mm-hmm. you know in 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 the story that that god was writing right mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of people say to father chase tell us your story you know this is this is kind of the place you know if not my whole life we see god's providence throughout our entire life but this was the place where um i started to allow god to to, to write the story you know and mm-hmm. and um and you know, I I, I kind of took my hands off the wheel a little bit, um, but that was the place where I, I I began to to pray in a new way. I had never done a holy hour before, I, even even then I would say I didn't even know what a holy hour was. But I started to spend time you know in silence before the Eucharist, and uh, it was there that I started to pray. You know, Lord, like what's going on in my life? Like why am I here? You know, just that question that so many people ask. And thankfully I was, I was in a very good place, you know, mentally and emotionally. And and I know a lot of people aren't in a good place to ask that question, but I think it's really good for us to ask, like in general, every day, like, why am I here? What am I doing? What is my life about? You know, it's, it's, it's really good philosophical question. And people will say, don't ever ask that. You'll just be disappointed. You know, (laughs) no, like we're, we're going to be, we're going to be fulfilled if we know where that comes from, like, like what the ultimate answer to that question is. And it was in asking those questions before Jesus Christ and the blessed sacrament. And, and it was there that I heard for the very first time, the voice of God in a way that I've, I've not heard since, but it was there that I, I heard the words, be my priest. Mm-hmm. I was so convicted in a moment, in a moment, I was convicted that God was calling me to the priesthood. And of course it was nothing that I wanted. And that that's where I, I, I firmly rejected that call to be quite honest with you. I was like, that, that, that's crazy. And I, I tried to explain it away that that was me talking to myself. I tried to, you know, um, think that, you know, he had the wrong guy that, you know, he didn't know me, you know, mm-hmm. um, that this, this could never be my lot. And, um, but, but I couldn't deny it. And, and the way that good discernment works is that, if something persists over a long period of time and eventually brings peace to the heart, then, then the, it can only come from God, right? That like that he is the one who spoke, you know, when it's objectively good, it brings peace and it persists, right? I, I teach guys all the time right now in discernment, like that is good discernment, right? We, mm-hmm. we have to identify those things to identify if you're in mature discernment. It's not something that comes overnight and then, and then we make a decision. No, it has to persist, you know? And so I found that after I started, you know, immediately dating a girl, uh, in Chile and, and uh, signing a new contract and moving to a new team and being a starter on my team and, and going to great parties and moving into a new house and all the things that I said would be the fulfillment of my life. Even when those things three years later, after hearing that first call and running from that call, three years later, you know, recognizing that my heart was never fulfilled and it still wasn't and achieving some of the goals of my life and in, in professional realm. Um, there was one night I remember just, just, you know, another moment of grace, just a, a great moment of grace. And, and I was just convicted to the core. Oh my gosh, my dreams will never fulfill me. Mm. Holy cow. Like all the plans that I have for my life will never fulfill me. Like, this isn't fulfilling. Like, I love this. I love what I get to do. Don't get me wrong. I love the sport of soccer. I love the game. I love the life that I got to live as a professional athlete. But I was just like, I was cut to the core. My dreams will never fulfill me. And how could they if they weren't like what my heart was made for? (laughs) And I reasoned in a minute because you remember, I love truth, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I reasoned in that moment. Do I believe in God? Yes. Okay, second, do I believe that God created me for a purpose? Well, yes, right? Like, why else would he create if he didn't create me for a purpose? Could I know which purpose, what the purpose was for which he created me? Well, yes, unless he's an evil God, he would have to have a way for, you know, that desire in my heart to be revealed to me, right? 
there is a plan for my life and I could know that. And four, do I believe that, that God had revealed that to me or, or I could know that some way? Yes, the God who speaks, as Benedict XVI used to say, the God who speaks, I believe, had spoken to me. And I thought, fifthly, you know, and the next step is, is, is what if I never become that man? What if I never become the man that God created me to be? Dude, do I think that my heart's going to be fulfilled? This is a moment of truth. This is a moment of honesty. Do I honestly believe that if I, if I don't listen to his voice, that I don't become that man that he's created me to be, that I will be fulfilled in this life? No, ludicrous, man. That's, that's uh, over the top truth right there. Like I, I, I couldn't, like there was no more. And I realized at that moment, like if I, you know, I have to become that man now, um, do I trust him enough? That's the next step. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story, man. But at that moment I knew truth. I knew, I knew truth. And I knew that God created me and I knew that he had a plan and I knew that he could reveal that plan. I believed that he had revealed that plan to me and I knew I had to move. Now where's the strength and truth? And, and trust that, that I can make that move, but that's, that, that changed everything. Yeah. I, I just, I can't, it, you were talking about how your dream, like you realized that your dreams weren't able to fulfill you. I think that's like a really harsh reality to come through, to come to, especially because, you know, you grew up playing soccer, I'm sure a ton, thousands and thousands of hours of practicing and training. And for you to come to like the realization that this thing that you've worked your whole life for is ultimately like not going to fulfill you and um not saying that it was all for all for nothing definitely not but um yeah that it's almost kind of like heartbreaking kind of uh in the way <laughs> you should see the faces of college students when i preach that from the pulpit bro <laughs> <laughs> they're like we're we're putting ourselves $150,000 in debt for something that won't fulfill me <laughs> yes that's what i'm saying yep yep that's what i just said yeah <laughs> um yeah that's like a hard reality because i feel like you know college students in general are just like motivated they have an idea of what they want in their head and they want that 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 singular thing or this this whether it be a job whether it be they want to work for um a certain company work start their own business be the best ncaa athlete as they can be um and maybe go pro maybe not for miami but um some maybe some of them for miami um but the um yeah i i think it, it it's just like a, a a tough um a very tough like realization to come to so um well, the, the reality of that michael like listen listen though like how how crazy that is because we think that we're in control of all of that but do you think for a second that I was in control of myself becoming a professional athlete? No, I put myself out there. I take risks, man. Like I, I do things that people, other people wouldn't do in order to achieve that, right? You want to work for that company? You want to become, you know, a, a famous, you know, recording artist? You want to do all this? You think that that depends on you? No, it depends on hundreds, if not thousands of other people making decisions about your life, which is crazy why we stake our happiness on something that depends on, on, on so many other people, right? Like it, that, that's, what's nuts. And, and then when it isn't fulfilled and, and, and when life like turns to us and looks us in the face and says, no, like we think that God is evil, it, but it's crazy, right? Like, why would we think that something that doesn't depend on us, that is something that we're not in control of that. And that is the only way that I'll ever be fulfilled in life. It just shows how, 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 how out of control we actually are. 
it shows how much we do rely on on others and and specifically another with a capital a right we, we rely on another and his goal for us isn't always the goals that we have for ourselves right I, I, I can tell you that, it, yes, was it God's will that I become a professional athlete? We, yeah, that's been proven. Like, like we know that for sure. And now that was part of his, his permissive will for my life. But I can tell you right now that that, that wasn't his goal for my life. Mm-hmm. Nor, nor is it his goal for anybody's life that they work for NASA or they work for Boeing or, or, or they work for the top engineering firms or, or, or they become a professional athlete or, or, or recording artists, whatever the, the dream is. Like, that is not, that, that's our dream but that's not necessarily God's dream for us. Mm. And the question of life is, right? The question of life. And I tell guys, especially this invocation, right? If you're, if you're discerning your vocation, but especially if you're discerning all of life, like, and you want to point your, your, your ship to, to a certain landing, right? The question is, what is God's dream for my life? Mm. You start asking that question, it changes everything. Mm. It, it changes everything about what we do and how we do it. And then we put another in, in control. And we realize that, that it, it is the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who, who is guiding this ship that is my life. And he's writing the story. And I allow him. I, I, give, him, I give him the pencil, man. I give him the paintbrush. And, 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 and let, him, let him write this thing out. Let him paint the picture of, of, of who I am and what I'm about and where I'm going. Amen. That's so good. And I think we could be encouraged, too by just the witness of the saints who have all done this you know i think like saint matthew dropping the money you know yeah saint peter and the apostles dropping the nets you know in the enterprise uh and just so many others before you know because everyone i think has this struggle in one way or another of yeah when can i put the lord at the center or yeah where and uh certainly some of us wrestle longer than others (laughs) i know i wrestled for a long time my name's jacob you know wrestling with the angel but anyways yeah, thanks <laughs> to God for his mercy because he's so patient with us, but also he's there to like, because he wants us to know this fullness of life, right? He wants us to know the joy. He wants us to certainly do great things in this world too. Um, but yeah, to just be not afraid. I feel like that's the, the thing he's continually telling us is like, be not afraid because he has the, the fullest life is going to be wherever he's calling us to. That's great. So can you tell us a little bit uh, about the transition then? So you came back from Chile, right? And you played in the U.S. for a little bit? That's right. So um, what, what many don't know about the story is that I, I started applying for seminary when I was in Chile, right? And, <laughs> and, uh, and nobody knew, especially not my girlfriend. Uh, and so I, I was applying to seminary back in the States and um, trying to like figure out, you know, manipulate all the, all the, all the puppets, right? And, 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 and make it all work out. And, and so right. I worked with my agent and, and asked him, I just said, dude, I'm, I'm ready to come back to the States. Like I'm kind of, kind of done. Let's capitalize on on the success that I've had here and bring me back to the States. And, and so it worked out really well. Um, especially if I would have stayed playing soccer, it was, it was a great deal. It was great for me to come back. Um, and, uh, and, and it was awesome to really uh, dream to, to play again before friends and family, um, in the States, which was my first time as a, as a professional to be able to do that. Although some people came and visited me. Um, but <clears throat> as, 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 you, as many may know, or may not know, like seminaries is, is on the academic, calendar so it's just like you know the university schedule and so um i i moved back to the states at the end of my season and um and that was at the end of the year so i was in in late december and and the mls season starts you know preseason starts in january so i started there and and uh and was able to play uh most of the season and uh basically retired at uh, in july in order to to enter seminary in august so it was it was a quick short season but um I played most of my time up in uh, Boston for the New England Revolution, 
and uh, yeah, had a great time, um, you know, experimenting and and uh, and seeing the the MLS, and uh, and enjoying some time, uh, you know, again on home turf before before I entered seminary. What a blessing from the Lord, even just to have that uh, that opportunity to play in the states. But like, what was what kind of reactions did you get from people when you told them, yeah, you're entering the seminary? It was like a lot of negative, positive, a little bit of everything, or what was that like? Well, as you can imagine, you know. Um, someone in my shoes who uh you know for all my life in sport uh, you know I was trying to sell myself you know and 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 to be well liked and and to all those things you sell yourself to coaches and, and and to teams and and you got to impress you know in order to in order to get playing time you know you gotta you gotta perform you gotta show out you know all these things um you're, you're always you know worried about your image uh on the street you know especially in South America when everybody knows you you know there, there's a lot of things that go along with that so you can imagine that at that time, you know, I was really worried about my image of what people would think um, uh, about me making this announcement. And I tried to do it as quiet as possible. And that lasted about a day um, <laughs> because, uh, you know, obviously one day, you know, I'm, I'm finishing practice and, and coach kind of, uh, you know, talks to the team and and um, and told him that I'd be taken off. And I would obviously talked to him in the front office and about my decision and and uh, they were very respectful of it. And, and, you know, a day later, you know, the press is, is in our locker room and, and they find out. So all of a sudden um, from, from being a not so popular player, I become, you know, the most popular in a day uh, announcing that I'm, I'm retiring from professional soccer to be a, a Catholic priest. So uh, the reaction, to be quite honest with you, at, at least to my face, you know, all my teammates, my friends, uh, you know, there's so much support, you know, and, uh, just guys that were, you know, just respectful and happy, but also, you know, that it was quite evident they were very confused, you know, um, what, you know, look at all of us, look at the life we're living, what, where, where are you going, what are you doing, you know, and um, one of the greatest reactions that I ever got, though, was, was from a guy, it was a close friend of mine, and he sat next to me in my locker, and, and you know, he was, uh, he was thinking deeply, and he finally, he's like, dude, do you realize that you're the only one in this locker room that's leaving because you want to? <laughs> Wow. And, uh, and it was almost like a, it was almost like a depressive thing, you know, because he was like, all of us are going to be told to leave, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you have something better that you're living for, you know, it was so beautiful, so beautiful, uh, that he came to that conclusion on his own. Um, but it also affirmed me. I don't, I don't know if he knows how much that affirmed me of like, wow, yeah, you're dude, you're right. Like he spoke God's word to me without knowing it, you know? And, and, uh, so there was, there was so many blessings, you know, of course, you know, um, anybody who, who dislikes the church or the priesthood, you know, had things to say too, but they, they weren't, you know, people who were my friends or anybody that, that meant more to me than, um, than me, you know, desiring their conversion. But it was a, yeah, it was a great opportunity to, to witness, uh, for the, for the church. And by the time the Associated Press got a hold of it on my way, uh, home from Boston, it was in every, every major newspaper in the country, which was very humbling. Hmm. Yeah, that is great, though. It's amazing how that's just a great insight to your friend, you know, how freeing it is. Uh, we're just following the Lord. So uh, thank you for yeah, sharing so much about, uh, about your career and really how the Lord worked in your life. Of course, being here at Miami, we're always talking about uh, fraternity, households, you know, building community, that kind of thing, too. Just having the good friendship like you were mentioning. Um, can you talk a little bit about your time at U of I as a chaplain there and uh, what that looks like? I know they have a huge... Catholic Center there, and uh, or yeah, just tell us a little bit about that, or like maybe speak specifically to our yeah, just the students here, like Michael and so many others, um, and just yeah, advice. Sure, yeah, you know, um, 
gosh, if you if you if you found the Newman Center, wherever you're at, and I know I'm talking to students at, at Miami of Ohio, but if you found the Newman Center, man, you found a treasure. Like this is something that I didn't know about when I was in college. And when I was in college, I, I wouldn't have even called, you know, what we had a Newman Center, you know, it was a parish church that was on campus, you know, so it was a lot of a lot of other people backing into it. I don't know, you know, a lot, I know a lot of Newman centers are structured in that way. Um, but, you know, there, there wasn't much hangout space. There wasn't much community. There wasn't, there weren't many Catholics, you know that, I mean, so if you found a, a good Newman center that has a, has a dedicated chaplain there and, and has authentic community and, and normal Catholics who are, who are, are growing in virtue and, and, and all those things, man, you found a treasure, like seriously invest in that, invest in that. Um, and, and uh, yeah, I spent time at the University of Illinois as a chaplain, and, and it was probably, you know, one of the most fun jobs that I'll ever have as a priest, just, you know, being on the front lines. And I consider it the front lines because I don't know if college students know this, but, but it ought to be told them. And I'm sure, Father Jacob, you've, you've talked about this, but the statistics that we see, this is, this is the end of the line for a lot of people, right? 70% of Catholics leave the Catholic Church by the time that they're 23 years old, right? So when I say that we're encountering truth, we're encountering authentic life and, and fraternity and friendship, and, and, and we're, authentic, uh, we're authentically encountering God in, in a special way in this community, like it's time to make a decision, you know, like, like make a decision about your life. Like, who are you? And if you've not made a decision yet, ask yourself, why not? Like, what are you waiting for? Who, who are you and what are you about? You want to be an adult and you want to be grown up. You want to be mature in so many different ways. Well, what about now? Like, what are you, what decisions are you making about your faith? Because if you think you're going to wait until you, you get married and you have children and, and we're going to do all these things. And, and then, then, then I'll, I'll make a decision about how I'll practice my faith. Like statistically, statistics say, no, you won't, you know, like this is the end of the line, like right here, dude, let, let, let's man up. Let's, 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 let's be true, authentic women and, and let's stand up and say, this is, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. And I'm going to fight for this because this is truth. And um, yeah, I just, I, I just ask that, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror that you encounter this community and, and you recognize that, um, that there's something here that you find nowhere else. And, and if you do that, then, then let's make decisions about, about life, even right here and now. Yeah, I, I definitely um, agree with you there. I think um, so. This is the second the second year um, that Miami University's had a Newman Center, and wow. I don't know compared compared to you know I'm I'm a senior now, so when I was a freshman and sophomore, we didn't we didn't have a Newman Center, and uh, just to be able to you know see what the difference like a year one year two years can make um, about how many students are are just coming to mass in general, how many students are coming to the Newman Center just to hang out, how many students are joining Bible studies. Uh, obviously, we have some great focus missionaries here that are helping um, with all that, but it, it's almost become like, I, I live in a house with uh, like 70 guys all in this like scholarship house. And uh, a lot of them got involved in the Newman center here. And it just like things just, uh, you, people just start talking about God, which is something that like when I was a freshman, sophomore, like nobody did, you know, we didn't talk. It was just not a, like a point of conversation. And now, um, yeah, I think that's like shifted. It's like, um, people are active on campus. People are, um, you know, willing to kind of fight for what we believe in here on campus where beforehand, um, everyone was silent. And if you, I mean, I, I lived with probably one of the best Catholics that I like have ever met in my life. His name's Johnny Drew. He was the former, um, he was the former co-host or he actually still co-host. He joins us every once in a while, but, um, 
Yeah. And I lived in the same house as him and I didn't even know he was Catholic for two years. And he is wow. like the most on fire Catholic I've ever met in my entire life. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was pretty like shocking to me that I could, I, I was living two doors down from somebody and that's how like silent I was being. Um, and I guess everybody was, and, um, yeah. And just having like the Newman center and father Jacob and, um, this community come together, how that's just like a complete paradigm shift. So I definitely agree with you about how, um, yeah, just like Newman center being a treasure for a campus and, and, and making a significant impact to the, the lives and the souls of uh, the students that go here. So definitely. Praise God, man. Praise God. Yeah, praise God. Exactly. It's amazing too, how, you know, we talk of community and once you get people united, it's like having those coals come together just to create the fire. You know, yep. of course, we see that so many times, just the energy of like the fraternities around here. Uh, but then now we have like this Catholic energy too. you know, just people being dedicated, people giving their lives to the Lord. Of course, the students like you, you guys, you know, doing so much of the work here and really the Holy Spirit. We know it's all the Lord. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. great, man. And, and as you can see, like, praise God that you guys are doing that. You guys uh, think about that. You know, Michael, you're, you're on the front lines, man. You're, you're, you're a pioneer right now. Like you're starting something that can you imagine in, you know, 20 years when you return to this place, what it, what it could be, you know, like those are the things we have to dream about. Like, what could this be if I begin now, you know, if I pay this for it, dude, I'm, I'm doing this so that like the thousands of students on this campus that follow me in the next 20 years we'll find a home and, and, and maybe this thing will be triple the size that it is now. Maybe, maybe it'll be like the, the beacon of hope on campus. It'll be the, the place to be for, for everyone. It'll be the refuge, you know, for, for so many who are seeking, you know, this, this truth and, and seeking something different, you know, than whatever that bar was, you said, you know, whatever. So um, what, you know, like amazing, like, and, and, and one of the greatest things that we can do is just invitation, man. Like how much would you have eaten that up? If that guy you live with for two years was just invited you to something, you're like, Oh yeah, sure. You know, like invite, 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 invite people in. And, and you'd be surprised. People are waiting for an invitation. Back in freshman year, I would have probably said no 30 times, but then I eventually might've said yes. So yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> true for all of us. Yeah. That's great. Man. Um, so I definitely wanted to, um, you know, uh, obviously like probably a third of our listeners now are, are, are my family back in Chicago. Um, and I always want to take an opportunity to make fun of my uh, cousin, Peter. So <laughs> he talks, he talks a big game about his soccer skills and now coming to an, uh, an expert here. Um, I would like you to tell my whole family um, <laughs> that Peter is a Irish dancer and he's not an athlete. Um, if you could just say that, if you could just say that, that would fix so many problems. You know, he walks around with his big head, but I hope, hopefully you could correct it real quick. Dude, don't put words in my mouth. Why, why are you putting me on the spot? You talked to me about this before the show, man. I don't let anybody put words in my mouth. Uh, Peter, I will say Peter is, is a great athlete. And uh, yeah, we, we played on, um, yeah, is that going to ruin what you just wanted to do? I don't know. I didn't say yeah, 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 it is, but it's okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying he's, he's, a, he's a good athlete. Maybe those dancing skills gave him a little bit more uh, agility on the soccer field. Go. I don't know. He's, he's a good athlete. He does good. And it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun spending time with him. All right. All right. I respect the answer. I respect the answer. <laughs> I didn't say anything about his soccer game. See, you can, you can still, you can still give him crap about that. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, Michael's a hockey player, so. Yeah, I've no. Oh, yeah, you don't want to see me on the on the soccer field. Um, yeah, like a like a like Bambi, like a baby deer. But uh, <laughs> man, 
Well, uh, yeah, well, it was, it, it was awesome for you uh, to take the time out of your day and be willing to um, share uh, about your life and also about your experiences at um, University of Illinois and, uh, you know, all the, the great advice that you have for students here at Miami and uh, for the people, uh, you know, people everywhere, especially about the way that you went about making your decisions and uh, the way that, uh, you know, you were able to put the Lord for, first, whether, you know, even though it takes some time, eventually the Lord gets what he wants. Um, so, yeah, we're super blessed to be able to hear your story. Um, I was wondering, do you think uh, you could end us in a quick prayer? Sure thing. Thanks so much for the invite and, uh, and for allowing me to be here and to witness your students and uh, certainly pray for that Newman Center and pray for you all who are, who are pioneering the way for, for many more. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of being able to use this, this media for good and especially for truth and for beauty and goodness and, and to spread your gospel to all looking for a word of hope. We ask your blessing upon these two men who have, who have led this interview. We ask your blessing on all the students at, um, at the university who might listen to this, the Jacques family, uh, especially Peter and his soccer skills. Lord, we just ask that you would build us up for anything that would glorify you. And we ask your blessing upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Sheepdogs out. Oh. All right. <laughs>